0: Hello and welcome back to this episode of Biola Backstage. My name is Charlotte McKinley and I am your host. Here with me today is Dr. Gary Lindblad. Dr. Lindblad has been the dean of the Kroll School of Business at Biola University since 2014. He's earned his master's and doctorate degrees from UCLA in higher education, work, and organizational change. In addition, Dr. Lindblad is a singer-songwriter and we have the privilege of airing a few sneak peeks to three of his songs on his upcoming EP releasing on December 15th. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Dr. Lindblad. I'm very excited to talk to you about all sorts of different things.
1: It's great to be here.
0: I first wanted to ask how you got into business because you're the Dean of the Business I always end up saying that you're the dean of the business building, but you're, you're <laughs> the dean of the business department. Yeah. So how did you get into business, and then how did you become the dean of the Carroll School of Business? Yes.
1: So um, I started here at Biola uh, as a um, Talbot student back in 1980. Uh, that's where the relationship with, with Biola started. My wife had been a Biola freshman, uh, back in the day, we'll just say. And, um, and so when I was looking at grad school, I looked at, at a number of seminaries. I wanted to learn more about my faith. And so we looked at uh, some schools up in Portland and Denver and that, but really being drawn to Los Angeles and to Biola, the location, the fact that there were, it was part of a university and not a standalone seminary. So I came to to Biola, uh, to Talbot, and I heard that there were these uh, things called uh, gospel teams. The undergraduate students were required to be involved in what was called a Christian service or a student ministry. And so I heard there was an office like that. I walked over to the office. I said, I have a small business of, of a sound system. I've been working as, you know, in a band and, and up in Santa Cruz and in my church, nothing too huge, just being faithful in the youth group and, and that kind of thing. And would students need any help with setting up equipment or mentoring in communication performance? And so they put me to work as a, um, a volunteer. And after, by the end of the year, uh, Ron Hafer, who was uh, director of student ministries, had a part-time job as an associate director of student ministries. I'd been doing half the job as a volunteer, and so uh, he offered me the position 25 hours a week. I could finish up my master's degree, and so that, that brought me into higher education, uh, and, and that I was raised in a business family. My dad was a building contractor. All of our friends were in the building industry and that. So I was, had worked in that business, but I was really drawn to education. My undergrad degree was in English and education. So then I took the job as associate director. And then in two years, Ron became the chaplain and they offered me the job of director of student ministries that I did for another six years or so. So the transition to business schools, really, I had this business, I was drawn to business, I was drawn to organization uh, behavior and organization development. When I decided to do my doctorate, I went to UCLA, uh, did my doctorate there in organization behavior, higher education, and uh, education in the workplace. And the first job I got out of my PhD, my doctoral program, was at a business school, uh, Anderson School at UCLA. And so from that point on, it's been leadership in business schools ever since. You know, five, six years in uh, at UCLA, then University of Minnesota, University of Toronto. My mother was Canadian, my father was American. So uh, when I was looking, a stint in Toronto sounded pretty cool. And it was <laughs> getting to know the Canadian side of our family and, and business in each region and every business school, it has kind of a competitive advantage of the, the industries that are in that location. So as you, you know, UCLA, it's a lot of entertainment. Uh, there was a lot of tech in Southern California. There was a lot of aerospace, particularly in the nineties when I was doing that. So a lot of our students in in executive education, executive MBA, the MBA programs that I helped run came from these different industries. Well you go to a different place and they're different industries and that. So so that's how I kinda of cut my teeth in the in business schools. And after eight winters back east. the the call back to California was very strong, (laughs) let's just say. And so opportunity to come back into the University of California at UC Irvine as one of their assistant deans, uh, did that for nine years and then retired from the UC system. And just at a time when they were looking for a dean here at the Kroll School of Business. And so it's just amazing to be able to come back after 30 years of being involved with other major business schools and bring that experience back to Biola in 2014 and kind of uh, magical actually really lord i get to go back to Biola where it all started for Cindy and i and work with students there magic
0: and now news is around the block that you're retiring. So this means you're retiring to retire entirely?
1: Really? A, a, this is, this retirement is like for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. During COVID was not a great time to retire. Um, and there were a number of things that wanted to accomplish in, in wait for the right transition for the school, for the faculty, and for us. And so, as we, you know, finished up last year and went into the summer, real confirmation from the Lord that, no, this is the right timing. And, oh, discussions with our new provost, Matt Hall, with uh, Dr. Corey, and and I think this is the right timing to really get ahead of this and and have a smooth transition of leadership in the school. Mm. And so I've so appreciated uh, being able to work that out so that they could do a proper search. you know at the dean level, it's it's a, a committee search firm oftentimes and and that so it just takes a while and uh, and it gives me a chance to, to do a lot of the things that I so enjoy. This morning had an interview with an MBA student, prospective student, who was applying to the MBA. Love those interviews. Getting to know their story, why they're coming back to, or coming to Biola for their MBA. Uh, Last night, you know, in the line, Thanksgiving dinner, carving turkey, you know, for half an hour. Believe me, you're pretty tired after half an hour (laughs) of of slicing turkey. (laughs) But those very memorable experiences and just the privilege of, of being able to do, do those and kind of think about, oh, that's probably the last time I'll we'll do that, you know?
0: I just want to say, first of all, that turkey that you carved was so good. It was like the best turkey I've ever tasted. And this includes <laughs> the turkeys that my dad has has done. I'm we, sorry, dad. We won't dad. let Bob know that. <laughs> we Bob. won't let him know. But... Uh, Something else that I think is important to note as a side note is back in 2018 I was touring Biola my dad came my dad's Bob McKinley the founder of meet the firms for yeah. anybody who knows that absolutely <laughs> and we got to meet you dr. Lindblad and then when I came back as a student in 2019 as a freshman I saw you around campus or my dad and I hooked up a time to meet yep. up with you and then I kept seeing you around campus the rest of the time and I'd always be like hi dr. Lindblad yes it's,
1: it's, <laughs> it's fun it's fun to work with generations. Uh, my wife Cindy was a resident director mm. on campus for 7 years. I finished my undergrad early, then we did my masters and then she finished her undergrad and when she finished that the dean of student development said, "What's Cindy planning on doing when she graduates?" Was, well, she's probably teaching, you know that. Hey, we've got a a resident director Position open. I think she'd make a great resident director. So I told her about that. She interviewed. And, you know, it's just always amazing what you learn from different episodes. Um, he came back and said, you know, it, most of the RDs that had master's degrees in student development and that. And he said, that was the strongest interview I've ever seen for an RD. It was just like, I knew I married Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do you know what dorm she was the RT? Yeah, over? we
1: were we were two years in Alpha Chi. It was a women's dorm, and five years in in Hart Hall.
0: No way! Yeah,
1: and so the apartment there that's in back. Yeah, well, we brought our Matt, our son, home uh, from the from the hospital to that apartment, and for the first three years, you know, we lived on campus, and and we've got pictures of all cindy's ras mm-hmm. that that night that we brought matt home uh from the hospital and all packed in the in in the apartment there and my band from <laughs> was all there and uh, amazing amazing memories when I came back as the dean in 2014, I, I I really had to watch because I couldn't walk anywhere on this campus without it reminding me of a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I really had to kind of like, turn it down, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, not everybody wants to hear every story. Those were great years and uh, well invested. Uh, you You think through those years right after college and that and how for for students how are you going to invest those years they're they're unique right and and that and then early marriage and that and Cindy and I we invested those years as being college sponsors in churches and and here at Biola in student development and and then with music and that, with youth groups and camps, and and uh, those are just we think of those as well invested years. And then kids came along and <laughs> disrupted the whole thing, <laughs> you know. Like and then that you're into a new era. You you think, oftentimes, oh, this is good. You get everything set, and this is going to really last. And then you realize, no, you kind of live your life in these segments these eras Mm. and they don't last for forever and so you really want to live that mindfulness uh, of of each each era each day uh, enjoying that enjoying the people in your life family members what have you it goes by a little quickly (laughs) as i sit here almost retiring
0: (laughs) So something that I love to tell anybody that I meet for the first time who happens to be a business student is my first question is, oh my goodness, do you know Dr. Lindblad? (laughs) And they're like, who because oftentimes it's freshmen or or sophomores or something and i'm like he's the dean of of your of your department and they're like oh cool and then i'm like did you know that he has music out on spotify (laughs) and then there are two types of people there's the one person one type of person who's like yes i think i remember that he told us in our first year sam or or something (laughs) like that and then there's another portion who are like what (laughs) no way and then they look you up on Spotify and everything right there and then one of
1: my five (laughs) listeners
0: (laughs) so how did that start
1: yeah so back in the 70s 80s I mean uh, really the 80s um, I had two bands uh, of note one was called Gary Limblad and the undergrads (laughs) I was a graduate student or had a graduate degree and they were undergrads from Biola um, our drummer was a Talbot student, so he was a grad, but, you know, it worked. Gary Lindblad, undergrad, kind of rhymes. And then we took f- four of us members, three or four of us members, and created a band called Famous Last Words. So we recorded albums, rock albums, Christian rock, and, and then also we wrote youth worship songs. And in that era, you know, now everything, you know, everything sounds like Hill songs or, or what have you. Go back 30 years, everything sounds like Maranatha what have you. We were kind of of the mind that I want to write songs for youth groups and, and, and that, that get students' whole body, soul involved. Right. And I want to write about peer pressure. I want to write about subjects that are that have specific, you know, to to maybe that youth group, that issue that students are going through. And so we we did some things a little differently. We had typical worship songs in that, too, but we had fun songs like, you know, God's not dead. Uh, no, 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 God's not dead, but he's alive, God's not dead, he's living in my hands, living in the heat, living, in the air, living everywhere, living at the beach, living, you know, and I know he's living in me, and you go faster and faster, it's kind of crazy, but uh, Father Knows Best was one of ours, and that, that, you know, talking about our Heavenly Father, and and so, kind of these fun songs, and you'd go from place to place. These youth groups, you'd get there and you'd do the songs, and, and like the kids would know them, and they'd have these motions that they do and stuff like getting into it, and that. So it was it was a unique era in the '80s, in some ways, in youth groups. I don't know if that still happens or what have you, or, but we had so worship songs and then rock concerts, and we went and represented by at Hume Lake several camps uh, all summer. Our winter camps. We'd leave on Friday afternoon from Biola, come back on Sunday night. You know, exhausted. But you know, in these camps, 750 kids a a week, and and it was it was um, really fun. And and then all up and down California, go then to their youth groups and spend time with them, so that they don't just see you on stage, but you're hanging out at the, you know, the tuck shop or the you know. Uh, cafeteria and the pool and stuff. So they see you in like real life and that. And so that was kind of our ministry. And so we did that for quite a number of years. And then uh, Matt was born, our son was born. It was like, okay, if I'm going to do that doctorate, I better get on it. So really put that aside and the music. But I, I kept, you know, guitars in the house and I would write and I would, you know, pluck away and what have you well our son was really is really musical i mean he was banging on drums and everything in the kitchen when he was two on plates and what have you and like he just wanted to take drum lessons it turned out like he's really talented and skilled so so we got him lessons in that and then from an early age we would go to like christian concerts or they had like Cornerstone big music festivals and stuff. He'd camp and see a bunch of bands and stuff. It was like, okay, I'm I'm back in, you know, I'm in my 40s, but I'm back in, right? And that with, with our son, and then he started recording and recording at home, and that was like, hmm, you know? And so when COVID hit, it was like, I've got these songs. I know a friend in Hollywood who's a producer. I think I'll reach out to him and you know just um see what he thinks you know it's like okay yeah but he's like a pro <laughs> you know he can go uh. you know anyway reach out to chris he's australian hey mate sure let's let's listen to it so we got on the phone i went through songs about four songs he goes man these are great songs gary let's you should get so we started recording but you know it was during COVID, so we're sending files and because we have a recording studio at our house with our son i did all the vocals there and stuff we'd send the files back and forth matt and send stuff to chris and they're doing pro tools and all the stuff that is like whoa it's way over my head but hey i can lay down a vocal (laughs) and stuff and so it was fun did five songs and um and of course spotify and itunes all of this so hey we i not counting on it for a living or anything let's just Get the songs out there and so it was really fun to be able to like with so many artists during covid they're recording at home they're putting things up spotify itunes what have you and then doing little things on zoom or whatever and so we did some of those things and so then um, recently this past summer it's like okay i've got a bunch more songs hey chris what do you think so we did six more of this so they'll come out in december 15th on on spotify and all of your digital platforms <laughs> right and that so they're they're unique the first uh set of songs called a story tonight and so they're all story songs mm. and uh, you know i just think the power of story is so important it helps us make sense of our lives or, or make sense of experiences and that so sharing stories first song is Story Tonight, which is kind of a pub song. It's like, won't you tell me a story tonight and I'll end you my listening ear. (laughs) Right? Kind of, okay, let's all sing together. (laughs) Right? By the end of it, you know, we had my wife and son, we're all in the studio singing along with it, send it off to Chris, (laughs) you know, throwing a bunch of vocals in there. And so, um, and then other story songs, songs that I'd written, one called In America, uh, that I'd written back uh, 2000. What must have been like ten or eight? You know, I I was working at UCI, and students knew that I did some music. They asked me to do some songs at the talent show, so I I did some. I wrote the song for them. Thinking about about the fact that my mother came to the U.S. when she was 22, married my dad. It's like okay, so she came here. And left Toronto, left Canada and and that and I've spent a career, you know, going to thirty seven different countries, recruiting MBA students in India and China and Asia, Korea, Europe, all over the world to come here or to Canada and start a new life, get an education, do their their OPT and their and that and 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 that and You know, this is still a place that all around the world is a, it's just a land of opportunity. And so, you know, wrote a song for them about, you know, kind of America's like a train and there's still room. And then, you know, final verse, it's like, it's like a, a book in the adding new chapters and then the final verse it's like a prayer
2: mm.
1: and won't you join in add your voice to the chorus now let it lift your heart somehow and that and so so stories um and songs that come out of my own experience being a dean or associate dean assistant dean in these business schools being in education and what's going on in society and that. So that's part of how I kind of process what's going on.
0: So you mentioned about your new music yeah. and then we were just talking about it. Could we get a sneak peek to some of the tracks? Yeah,
1: this new EP is called Time to Listen Now. Ooh, okay. And so I, I said to Chris, I want to move it back more into my my space of rock uh, and um, singer songwriter, I'd kind of gone a little singer songwriter, a little countryish mm-hmm. in the first one, a little bit Americana really, and that. And so I want to bring it back into my my heart music here, a little bit more rock and roll. And so the first song's called "Time to Listen Now," and it's basically you know comes from the verse "Slow to speak and quick to listen." You know and the idea of being this is just a good time in society to listen to each other you know and that you know what's gone wrong with kind of this brokenness this broken town slow to speak time to listen now. slow to speak time to listen now and it's really kind of advice to myself I kind of like talking and I need to listen and so it's advice to myself and and that and so so that's kind of the name of the ep at six songs
0: dr limblad has graciously agreed to give us a sneak preview of this song so let's take a listen to time to listen
1: the other songs are, are songs that people are interested in listening to right it's time to listen now to the this <laughs> music but it's time to listen to each other mm. and to communicate and and that and what i love about that's what we talk about here in classes at bible the freshman survey in other classes um uh, so much of of what we do is is how do we? And this might be a overused word in this area, but how do we provide a winsome um, uh, testimony, a testimony, right? Yeah. And you know, all our communication faculty, you know, who like how do we improve communication? How do we, as Christ followers, communicate the love of Christ? In a fractious culture, and that. And so that's a big part of the Biola education. And we, as the church, need to learn in that area. And I think that that's when our students come to us, that's one of the things that. You know, just to gain your voice as a Christ follower, you're going out into business, you're going out into healthcare, you're going out into entertainment, or you're going out in, in all of the areas that we educate students for. How do you go out and, and find your voice um, in leadership, in followership, in, as a professional? uh um, and and influence others but also really listen mm. to people in society they they mostly want to learn about you and you know through your actions but also your words. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the kickoff song and um so it's kind of uh Tom Petty ish and kind of classic guitars <laughs> and and that fender guitars <laughs> and amps, you know, kind of sound. It's it's a lot of fun.
0: And then your next few songs, do they have the same type of sounds?
1: Yeah, the yeah, the the next one, um called every day is is kind of a, a riff song it's got a, a great guitar part on it and that but it's it's i i wrote it in probably half an hour or something and it's just a, a few chords and that and, and it talks about just every day being being beautiful and to experience it and then one point talks about just i'm gonna I'm gonna stay in my lane I'm gonna I'm going to be really mindful of where I am and that's okay. I'm going to stay in that lane. And then so it moves through the song and then it and then it it talks about why that is because today is the day that the Lord has made. Just a little bit give 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 the people just a little bit of who you are spiritually. Mm. What why this this kind of bit of a laid-back California Eagles kind of perspective, you know, just kind of a, a, a riff song, and then, well, why have that perspective? Because today is the day that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice, be glad in it. It doesn't say that, but that's the idea.
0: We have our sneak preview of every day coming in three, two, one...
1: So kind of real guitar song kind of deal, and then one of the things that's been really fun is um, when I came to Biola as the dean uh, one summer, about the second summer I was here. It was like, okay, Lord, I've been out in business schools for thirty years, and that, and but now I'm here at you know this Christian business school where we, we're really interested in biblical integration what does the Bible say about business so I started in one summer in in Genesis and just like I'm gonna read passages and just kind of I mean really look for business terms profit you know customers work uh, work or anything management I mean where are there more terms in here that I'm just want to read with looking for that and you know you start in in genesis and you kind of you know get a theology of work that god's a working god we're mm-hmm. created in his image you work for six days rested on the seventh we're created in his image okay so work somehow is important to us well the first job description gardener you know okay so and you kind of move through well i i got to proverbs And there's lots in Proverbs about money, about ethics, and that. But I got to Proverbs 31, and it was like, oh, my goodness. I never read Proverbs 31, 9 through 31, with an eye to what it says about business. Mm -hmm. This entrepreneurial businesswoman imports wool and flax, from afar she turns that into fabric she sells this as as sashes she sells actually to b2b like business to business and business to customer b2c she makes a profit it says she makes a profit she says it says she pays her servants her employees she doesn't ignore the poor it says she takes that profit and she searches for business opportunities. She looks, she buys a field, she turns it into a vineyard. How long does it take? Start, here's a field, turning it into a vineyard. She finances that for like how many years before the grapes, you know, provide anything. Mm-hmm. All of that she does. And what's the result of that? It says, in the as it winds up, it says she, her family, her husband are revered at the city gate for what this business does. It's like, wow, what a high calling mm-hmm. for business. It has all kinds of business terms in it. And so I was, you know... I mean, my, my Bible, Proverbs 31, is pretty messy. <laughs> I mean, I got circles. I got numbers. I got, you know, and that, and I'm writing in my notebook. It's like, wow, okay. You know, God, you know, I, I have this talk, that you know, with business people asking them, does God care about your business? I mean, you, know, you go out to the Chamber of Commerce or whatever. Does God care about your business? I mean... It's not hard to imagine that he cares about you, about me, about our families. Does he care about your business, your customers, your profitability, your product, your service? And then, well, let's look at Proverbs 31. I mean, in the way that wisdom literature is written, you have the wisdom literature and then the author's personify that wisdom, whatever kind of wisdom it is, in a person. That's the way kind of wisdom literature works. And so the author of Proverbs, the Spirit, choose a businesswoman, a female-owned business. Could it be more contemporary? I mean, think of the Mm tax credits these days, right? And couldn't be more contemporary, couldn't be more specific in a poem. And so uh, a colleague of mine at Wheaton, uh, Hannah Stoltz, wrote a book. She studied the Hebrew. She exuded the passage and pulled out these business terms, compared those terms and those strategies to the last 15 years in business education, and came up with these these characteristics of this businesswoman: she has a long-term perspective, she has a quality perspective because she deals in purple, which is for royalty and the finest, finest fabrics. She um, has a a um, supply chain perspective, bringing in in the supply chain. All of these these various. Uh, Strategies for a successful business. She focuses on profitability. You can't, you can't have a business if you don't create a profit so that you can reinvest in it and be healthy. She has a a growth perspective in that. And so, she had, Hannah and I have, you know, she sent me the manuscript of her book. Talked back and forth. It's like, okay, Hannah took a poem and turned it into business research can I take the business research and turn it back into a poem called a song? You know, <laughs> I've never heard a song on Proverbs 31, but, I, but I've got one now and it'll be out on December 15th oh. called Lady of Wisdom. Lady of and Wisdom. so it kind of in an ancient way with the guitars and the and the, the melody kind of sets a stage and, you know, about this this female entrepreneur business owner and tells her story and it was really fun to write and super fun to record and so uh, so that's a story song definitely back to a story song you know
0: i am really excited to hear this song get a sneak peek so let's jump into it lady of wisdom playing now
2: 네.
1: So I've, I've done that song uh, last year at the um, graduation banquet for the business students. Oh. For the last 15 years, I've written a song for each class, each graduating class. At UCI, mm-hmm. we had a banquet, and I, you know, they'd like, okay, do you have a song for, you know, yep, I got a song, finish the banquet with the song. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, usually it, it interspersed, like the faculty and some themes for what, That class went through, or what have you, and try to make it fun and meaningful. And so last year, I did this song um, for the graduating class, and um, I'll probably do it again this year. But um, just something memorable. Um, I think that the work that we do, whatever work that is, if it's in business or in healthcare or in education, what have you. I mean, work can be hard. Mm-hmm. There are those days. Work can be inspiring. There are those days. And so art, music, can bring gravitas, can bring meaning to what we do. And um, and so, uh, you know, a dean that writes music on <laughs> about a businesswoman, I, you know, Hey, there probably aren't that many deans out there that do that. I'd be glad to be that, that person.
0: There probably aren't many business deans who write music at all. <laughs> that could
1: be. That could be. Although, you know, over the years, I've run into lots, lots of faculty and administrators and, and some deans. The uh, dean at Berkeley at Haas, he pulls out the guitar every once <laughs> in a while. <laughs> kind of a berkeley thing to do i guess
0: do you think you'll ever take the songs that you wrote and sang for the graduating class do you think you'll ever take those and put that into an album
1: I, i i think it would be fun um because you know these days in the last 10 years or so you know on twitter on on uh linkedin particularly on uh facebook or what have you but mostly on my linkedin i've got hundreds of past mba students or business students biola students uh uci university of toronto students that follow me on linkedin and uh, and so you know to be to uh record some of those even if it's not like the full-blown band deal um, would be fun so I've thought about it but but you know you write new songs and then all your all your energy and your thinking kind of goes oh I really like this new one Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's typically what happens
0: so as we wrap up this episode one thing that we like to do is ask our faculty or our staff or whoever is on the podcast with us if they have any advice for new biola students continuing biola students or graduating biola students mm. or students in general
1: yeah you know um, i when i when i talk with students sometimes i will talk a little bit about proverbs Three, five, and six, so trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. It doesn't say don't have your own understanding. Don't grow your understanding. Don't grow in wisdom. It says don't completely lean on it, Mm -hmm. right? So trust in the Lord. Don't lean on it. There's other understanding. Lean on in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's not easy to do necessarily out in the, the work world, you know, but there are ways, and in all your ways, acknowledge him. It's not maybe that others watching wouldn't always know that you're giving that acknowledgement, but you're, you're in that environment being, uh, being that christ follower being faithful acknowledging that it's the lord that provides and that and when others ask or when it's appropriate in the professional setting you know and that and and also in your social media because these days you can be known in your social media that people will know from your facebook from your linkedin from what evidence in that that you are a christ follower there there are signs right and so you can be known in your professional world as a christ follower in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths there's a a, another uh, interpretation that says he will make your paths straight and from my experience at least born in Santa Cruz moving to moving to western new york a little place in junior high and high school new york state and then finishing college there and then literally hitchhiking back at one point to california and then going back and forth and then coming to getting married in santa cruz coming to biola living here going UCLA back east in the Midwest, you know, it's like it it doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like a straight path at all. It's like, oh my goodness, you know, in all you always acknowledge him, he will make your path straight. It doesn't seem like it. But in the same way if you think about Charlotte right now, your path, which maybe isn't as long, or any student at Biola or wherever you think, wait a minute, all of that leads to a straight line to this conversation that we're having right now, Mm -hmm. this podcast right now. It's a straight line, but it's only a straight line looking in the rearview mirror. Mm. (laughs) God doesn't give you that that straight path looking ahead, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of, you know, you don't see around corners and all of that. And there's a lot written about that that thank God he doesn't share with us what's around the corner Mm -hmm. and that. But looking back from these years, it's like, wow, he has led me and Cindy and our kids and Biola students to this place. And every experience, difficult, great in between, you know, if you acknowledge him, you know, trust in him, he'll get you to that, that place where you go, Yeah, it it leads to this place. It's using my gifts, my abilities, and that's the life. Mm-hmm. That's the life of, of a Christ follower, of a believer, of a Christian, and that faithful life. That's that's the life, that's the adventure. That's that's as good as it gets, that's amazing. And there's just so many people here at Biola that I've met across the country and around the world that are, you know, working, living, trying to live that faithful life. Mm-hmm. That's that's the exciting life of faith.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Lynn Blatt, for coming on the podcast. I'm very glad that we got to talk and also listen to a few stink peeks of your upcoming songs. December 15th on December Spotify. December 15th,
1: Spotify, uh, iTunes. A lot of people are at Spotify these days. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the place to listen to, to music. Uh, I made our son made up uh, for our last project. He made up a uh, hundred CDs for me just because it's like I wanted something yes. tangible. He gave Textile. like yeah yeah. He gave it for Christmas. It was like I got okay. I got a hundred CDs and I gave them all away oh. and and but it was really fun. Sometime we'll probably do some CDs, but but it'll be available December fifteenth. And I'm real excited. Okay. That uh, that about that. Thank
0: Fantastic. You. Well. Good luck with your future music endeavors and also in your retirement. Yes. Hopefully you stay retired this time instead yes. of going and becoming a dean somewhere else. <laughs> I think we have,
1: uh, Cindy and I have plenty to do, uh, a list of, of things that we'd like to do. And uh, and that and everybody that, that I know that's retired says, yeah, I can't believe how busy I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great. Well, thank you again, Dr. Lindblad. It was a pleasure having you on.
1: Great to talk with you.
0: It was a pleasure getting to talk to Dr. Lindblad. Make sure to check out the show notes where we will have linked all of his songs and information down below. Tune in next week to hear Dr. Todd Guy join us as we talk about some of the things that led him to Biola and also his passion and love of music. Until next time, Biola.